0: NC State suffered a very uninspiring loss at the hands of the Duke Blue Devils on Saturday night. We have a lot to discuss this week in terms of where this football team is headed next.
1: You are Locked On Wolfpack,
0: your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast
1: Network, your team every day.
0: What's up, Wolfpack Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Wolfpack. Free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Locked College for $20 off your first purchase. Today is Monday. It certainly feels like a Monday after the loss we endured on Saturday evening. As always, I'm Grayson Boone, joined by former Wolfpack defensive tackle, Kenton Gibbs, we are picking up the pieces on Monday, NC State implodes at the hands of the Duke Blue Devils by a score of 24 to 3, it is the lowest point total by NC State since 2014, that is how bad the offensive production was, the worst in a decade, and I also want to start here, on our live feed post game Saturday evening, we talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly. I left out a portion of good because perhaps it was one of the only portions of good. We had the entire night. You cannot only talk about the bad without talking about the good. Brayden Narvison broke a school record with a 57 yard field goal that both opened and closed the scoring for NC state. So that certainly deserves its moment. Shout out to Brayden heck of a kick. And to build that early momentum, off of the turnover, the, the interception by Shaheen Battle, that you felt so much momentum shift into the hands of the Wolfpack, which then we promptly turned and let drop onto the floor. But I did want to point that out first thing here on Monday. That was part of the good. But now getting into, I guess, a continuation of what we talked about Saturday evening just didn't show up.
1: That record-breaking kick shot to Mr. Narvison. In the words of philosopher Sean Carter, grand opening, grand closing of our scoring for tonight. That was it right there. So, you know, it's it's unfortunate. Um, it really is nasty, but boy, we've got some things for y'all this week in terms of of you know, we've we've had some time to digest this thing and and I'm not gonna lie to you and say I've seen the all twenty-four yet, but even in just rewatching the highlights and comparing this to some things I've seen in the past, even though Grayson and I were there in person. We've got some things for y'all this week that, um, we Grayson and I don't get paid as much as Robert and I, we don't get paid as much as, uh, Gibson. We don't get paid as much as, you know, Duke's offensive and defensive coordinator, but we noticed some things on tape that, uh, we're going to bring to you all that boy, some of y'all are going to be just stay tuned with us this week because there are going to be some things in this week's locked on look of the week that, uh, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting and I'll I'll leave it at that to not tease that away too much.
0: Yeah, you're you're definitely gonna want to check out our locked on look of the week tomorrow on Tuesday. It will tie directly into some of our big picture takeaways that we're gonna finish with here on Monday. So make sure you're paying attention so you can connect the dots there because it is something that continues to plague this football team. But getting into more of this recap from Saturday night, I want to reiterate what Peyton Wilson said. In, the team doesn't need to get better. The team needs to get tougher. And while actually, I think both of those are probably true, toughness is something that has lacked a lot in this football team this year. And you you can't look anywhere else but the coaching staff. That comes from yes, the yes, coaching
1: staff. Yeah, You cannot yeah.
0: make excuses for that not being reflected throughout this team. It starts at the top. The team Absolutely. is a reflection of the head coach. And Absolutely. so the play you're seeing – you know where that comes from.
1: Absolutely. And so let's let's get into the offensive and defensive reviews here because if this was a test, the teacher would have slid it to his face down and wrote, see me after class on it. If <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> my drift. You know what I mean? Like this was one of those moments because I, I look at this game and I say to myself, we did not do what needed to be done from an adjustment standpoint because Duke came out and did basically the same thing all night. They they did not do a bunch of different things. They bought pressure off the edges, or they went three-man rush, three to four-man rush. And they were doing uh they were running cover four for a good chunk of it, dropping eight, and said, Hey, we think we can stop the run with however many we got in the box. And that's just what it is. When we do blitz. I mean, we're again, we're always gonna bring somebody off the edge. Maybe we'll hit a twist inside or something along those lines, but it's it's very disheartening to see because the on the back end, they were saying, We'll go man for man, bar for bar. Y'all can't beat us. You can't beat us anywhere. And consistently they were proven right. They're proven right. So, you know, it's a it's a moment where I'm looking at, at our team saying, Y'all can't tell me that we don't have the horses in the stable to get open against Duke. And don't get me wrong, Duke is a phenomenal defense. Give them all the credit in the world. Those brothers are bad when it comes to stopping the pass. So I understand they play tighter man coverage than most teams. And when they drop in zone, they do so more intently than most teams. But with that being said, it should not be the case that a team can say, we're going to go man on man all night long. And, you know, everywhere y'all go, we're going with you. We're going with you. We're in your hip pocket. Nah, you can't have that.
0: Something else I want to talk about here. I really thought we abandoned the run. And this has been another issue we've talked about several times as this season has gone on here. Only six combined carries for Michael Allen and Kendrick Raphael. The the offensive line, another game of a lot of struggles. But in those six carries from Allen and Raphael, Allen averaged 4.2. Rafael only had one carry and he went for five. No adjustments there. Why? And sure. again, coming into this game, you know that Duke's pass defense is their strength on the defensive side of the ball. And it felt like we're we're continually attacking them through the air. We're dropping passes. We're not we're not able to create anything in terms of sustaining a drive. And no adjustments were made in anything. Get, get Michael Allen the ball. We say this so many times on here it felt like every time michael allen had a touch it was a pretty good run and then you see him scurry back to the sideline
1: but that's that's what i mean by we were thoroughly out coached because a part of that coaching just get the ball to your playmakers in space man we did a good job of doing that with kevin concepcion absolutely i'll give a nigh that we needed to attack with our tight ends we needed to say hey If they're they're whooping the wheels off us in terms of corners against our receivers, let's just try it. Let's just see if we could get something relevant going with our tight ends. And we just – we didn't try it. We didn't try it. And I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you this much. I can understand not going to our tight ends if our wide receivers are balling. I can understand not going to our tight ends if our running backs out the backfield are catching everything that's coming their way. Our team had more drops. And I want you all to hear this well. We have more drops than Duke had completions. In terms of the offense, right, It there, there has to be a very, very serious question about, you know, you talk about drops in big moments and all that. At some point in time, there has to be a question about how and why we continue to try out the same group of guys, the same things, expecting different results.
0: A lot of questions. There is a lot of questions going into this bye week, and rightfully so. Up next, we're going to dive back into Kenton's Keys, reviewing more of what went right and what went wrong from the game Saturday evening at Duke after a quick word from our sponsors. Our first sponsor of the day is Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. NC State basketball season is rapidly approaching us here. We will be ramping up our coverage, of course, this week. But if you need to be looking into NC State basketball tickets, look no further than Game Time. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour before it starts. With Game Time Zone deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price guaranteed. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, and again, create an account, and use redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That's L O C K E D O N C O -L 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 L L. EGE for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Our second sponsor today is Prize Picks. Prize Picks is simply the most fun you can have this fantasy football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and then place your entry. With quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types, Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. Also, you have the Prize Picks reboot policy. For NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury assurance. So go to prizepickscom slash lockedoncollege and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepickscom slash lockedoncollege and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100.
1: March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast.
0: All right, we're back and reviewing Kenton's keys that we discussed about last Thursday for this Duke game. You probably will not be surprised that we missed on the majority of them, but we're also going to explain why that is significant. Kenton, will start with the offense.
1: Absolutely. On offense, we went two or three on the keys in terms of um, one turnover or less. We only had the MJ Morris interception, which put Duke on the nine-yard line, I believe, after the return was finished. Um, but, you know, that was it. That was the only turnover we had on the night, so we did accomplish less than two turnovers. Um, You know, accept the invitation. We needed some pass catchers to show up outside of Kevin Concepcion. We needed somebody to go off, and I said that if if we had our pass catchers combined, all of our pass catchers not named Kevin Concepcion combined for 150 yards and a TD, we'd win this ball game. We had 93 and no touchdowns. Um, And contain the beast. Dwayne Carter hold him to under. Uh, a sack in less than three TFLs. We did that. We did that. We contained Dwayne Carter. Well, the only problem is Duke was bringing pressure off the edge all night long, and uh, we could not handle it. So we we did that key. So those are the two for three offensive keys. Grayson, any thoughts there?
0: Yeah, so definitely the most frustrating part of these offensive keys is one, like I've already mentioned, we made little to no adjustments, at least it felt like, um, totally abandoned the run game for the, for the majority of that game. Just felt like we're just trying to force it through the air and then repeatedly come up with nothing, which is the definition of insanity. Duke's best player. Of course we discussed was Dwayne Carter in the defensive line. We did a fairly good job in containing him. I believe he only had a tackle for loss and no sacks. The problem is we allowed four other sacks and seven other tackles for loss. So the offensive line again, and I, it's it's I promise it's not to continually harp on these guys, but the reason we keep talking about it is because it's still an issue every single yeah. week. Yeah, if it was if it was continually being fixed and progress was being made, then yes, we'd give plenty of praise.
1: Yeah, that yeah. hasn't been the case. We would there's love been- to. There, there's nothing we'd love more than to be sitting here talking to you all about. Hey, come on now. Come on now. Give it not his guys. He was cooking. Come on now. Gibson is the put him up for the Brewers Award. Matter of fact, rename the Brewers Award the Gibson Award because that guy is a dude. We'd love that, but we can't right now. So, uh, defensively, all, we went 0 for 3 against the Keys. The key was hold Duke under 20. They scored 24 because I said that this game would be a race to 21. And I believe that if we held Duke to 20, we would win this ball game. We did not. Um, the second key. Keep them behind the sticks. Less than five yards on first down. They averaged, and I know you all would not believe this, but they did. Gracie, 12
0: yards? A little bit over 12 yards on first down.
1: Come on now. (laughs) Come on. And I know some people are going to say, well, the 83-yarder greatly, you know, it it greatly distorted that and all that good stuff. Even if we take away the 83-yarder, they still are in way plus territory over five yards. And if we wanted to put this game in a position to where Beeland had to throw the ball, we could have won this. We could have won this game. Beelan went four of 12. And, and, you know, we just couldn't take advantage. And the final key, two turnovers or returns that put us in plus territory. We only had one, the Shaheen battle interception. And by the way, fun fact, that interception led to our only points of the game. I'm not blaming this on the defense and the defense alone. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, um, you know, at this point in time, our defense is being asked to stand on their heads game after game after game. It's a shame what we saw in this one that, you know, you take away those two big plays, we only allow 10 points. And even if you look at the two drives where they did uh, score on sustained drives and all that good stuff. Well, one of them was a nine-yard touchdown. After a pick or after a pick that basically ten, was tantamount to a pick six, and the other one was a drive that was extended by some um, free first downs, by some b- boneheaded decisions, and some creative officiating.
0: I mentioned this to Kenton as we were walking out of the stadium the other night. It felt like this loss to Duke was like the the evil twin brother of the Louisville loss just a couple weeks ago. A lot of the same issues plagued us in the end. Felt like we did a fairly decent job on defense. It's just two plays that essentially killed us. It was yep. the hitch and go that went for what 70 yards through the air, mm-hmm. and then it was the 83 yard rush by Jordan Waters. If you cut those out, and again, this is purely hypothetical because they happened. You can't you can't just subtract something that happened. But if you cut those out, what is it again? A 10 7 ball game? Yeah. Think about yeah. how that drastically changes the effort from the offense.
1: If Duke has a backup quarterback, okay, Duke's offense, with all due respect, is not known for being super prolific, okay? Why would you not say as a corner, you know what, I understand I'm a man, I'll give him this curl, and I'll make a tackle. Because guess what? If they beat you on that curl and you make a tackle, they gain what, eight yards? Yeah. Nine yards? No
0: no hurt, relatively speaking.
1: Guess what they got? But e- even if you do say, well, you gave up the first down, and that's what hurts. Sure. Yeah. You know what they still have to do? Drive the ball 60 more yards. They got to drive it 60 more yards. And you jump it instead. And instead of understanding, hey, this is a backup quarterback. He's the backup for a reason. Riley Leonard's great, but he's the backup for a reason. I want to see this, this team beat us play after play after play all night long. And if they can do that, then we'll tip our caps. We'll walk away. And we say they did their big one. We didn't force them to beat us play after play after play all night long because we tallied up the total defense. It We won more of the plays than we got, you know, the wheels whooped off us on. But the reality is the two plays where we lost were absolute backbreakers.
0: It's it's crazy because coming into this Duke game last week, we talked about if Bealen was going to play, we needed to force him to throw as often as possible, being that Duke's strength on offense was running the ball. And right out of the gate, again, we were able to force that early turnover as a result of pressure on him. And then from that point on, we could not repeat that step anymore as the night went on. Up next, we're going to round out our Monday episode with our big picture takeaways following the loss of Duke and heading into the bye week at the end of this week. After another quick word, from our sponsors now it's time for your game changer of the week and that is athletic brewing company athletic brewing company is completely changing the non-alcoholic beer game they make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good their brews are great tasting and award-winning and beat out full strength beers in global competitions they brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer including ipas goldens sours and more they're also constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety. They're perfect for all times. Watching a big game or your kid's game, tackling work or working out, they have you covered no matter the occasion. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right, rounding out this Monday episode with our big picture takeaways following this loss and headed into the bye week for NC State football. I'll get this going with mine, and it's, it's a little bit of a repeating theme that you heard from us in our post game Saturday night and also throughout this episode on Monday. But the most frustrating thing for me in chewing on this game for the last 24 to 48 hours is the biggest issues that plagued us in week one at UConn or week two against Notre Dame or the things that almost killed us up at Virginia. The very same problems are the same things that are killing us in week seven. The explosive plays that we're giving up through the air and on the ground. We talked about the importance of limiting those after we saw what they did to us in the Notre Dame game still happened this weekend at Duke. We talked about the O-line continually struggling to provide any consistency, getting the run game going, protecting the quarterback long enough to make clean throws week seven. It's still an issue. Wide receiver play week one at UConn had some drops week two against Notre Dame had some big time consequential drops week seven at Duke. It's still an issue. So, this is the sort of thing where you can start to look a little closer at the coaching staff because the issues are not being cleaned up and they can say, Oh, we got outplayed. We got out coached. We're getting back in the lab. We're looking at this, but you're not seeing any changes here. And that is the most frustrating thing for me. My, my biggest takeaway from this Duke loss is that the same things that we talk about every single week, this is a problem that's killing us. If it doesn't get resolved, it's going to keep killing us. Week seven just happened, and they are still killing us. So yep. when you go through this many weeks of the same issue and you run into the same problem, I believe I've now answered my own question from Saturday night, and I I was saying we've reached the point in the season where you ask, who is this football team? What are they going to consist of, of these final five weeks? We might already have our answer in that, this is a team that keeps beating themselves. And I'm, I'm tired of hearing that, even though I, it is the answer. We keep beating ourselves. Okay, in these final five weeks, how do we not do that? What does it take to not beat yourself? Because we haven't found the answer yet.
1: I want to give a, a shout-out here to somebody who was very pivotal to many people in my age group's childhood. He's the creator of SpongeBob. He's the creator of SpongeBob. Now, let me tell you why that's important, okay? This game leaves me asking a question that was asked by the great Stephen Hillenberg. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Because we're seeing a bunch of problems that have been, again, these are chronic problems in this team. Yeah. Chronic problems in this program. How many times do we have to see teams beat us with the same things? How many times do we have to see us trot out the same receiver group. I meant it when I said certain guys have been unplayable. I meant that. And I don't mean like, oh, they're unplayable after this game. There were guys going into this game. that I said, you can't keep playing him. You can't. There's no way. I truly look at this game and I say, at some point in time, we've got to learn. We've got to learn. We've got to learn. We've got to drill down if we're sending two off the edge and they're running a read option. Inside man, take the back. Outside man, quarterback. We've got to learn that. We've got to learn that because we talk about things that hold us back as a program, regardless of the outcome of this season. Some of those things are problems that we've seen for multiple seasons. We've seen multiple seasons of us getting killed with the read option when the quarterback pulls it. As much as I love Tony Gibson, if somebody was to tell me what's the one weakness, what's the one thing that you look at this defense with and you say, oh, we can get them there, read option naked." naked's. We saw it against Clemson last year. Peyton Wilson, of all people, was the guy that bit on the naked. DJ walks in for a touchdown. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson? We're
0: pissed off because we care.
1: We're Absolutely. pissed off
0: because we want to win. And everyone, Absolutely. everyone's going to turn their attention on Dave Dorn. We've seen everything that people have to say about it. And Kenton, I, I believe you and I have very similar stances on this. Whether Dave is the guy or isn't the guy, that's not that's not the issue for us. The issue for us is we want to win, regardless yeah. of who it is. We yeah. want to clean up these issues and get somewhere. We want to win something. I don't care who the head coach is. I just want to see disciplined, consistent football, and we are and, not getting that.
1: And people talk about Mike Elko and all that he's done in two years. Let's look at one of Dave's former assistants. I'm a coach Eli Drinkwitz, stand account. You understand? He's Love cooking. that man down. And he is at Mizzou doing it. Everybody said Mizzou can't compete in the SEC. That just that team is just they're overmatched. They can't recruit. They can't go pull the guys out of that region. Uh Missouri in the hotbed for talent. They just don't. And Coach Drink said, Oh, is that so? Is that right? Is that right? But you know what Coach Drink also does? He he learns from his mistakes. I haven't seen his teams get beat the same way time after time after time again. I haven't seen it. it. You don't say, looking at him, oh, man, this has plagued the program ever since he's been there, and there's there's no looking better. So, you know, at the end of the day, we have to learn. We have to get better, or else we're just running on treadmills and and doing cardio and, and happily losing games, and at that point, at that point, when you accept that we're, hey, we're state, we're just going, our ceiling is 84. At that point, you're still in front of the program.
0: Thank you to all who tuned into our live feed again on Saturday evening. I know it was late. Still had a lot of participation there. As always, thank you so much for tuning in with us each and every week here on Monday. We appreciate all the support, all the comments, all the thoughts we've been hearing from y'all. We love to interact with each and every one of you. As always, be sure to comment, like, and subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. to Hit that subscribe button. If you have a friend that's looking for some basketball coverage, let them know that that's on the way. So they better hit that subscribe button here very soon we will see you all tomorrow
1: until then go back go back